I Suck at Dating with Dean Ungler, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello and welcome to episode seven of Help, I Suck at Dating. I'm Dean Unglert, and thank you so much for tuning in to listen. So last week, we talked a little bit about ghosting for our Halloween episode, and this week, we're going to cover it a little bit more because the listener reaction was pretty uh, inquisitive. There were some questions that were going to be left unanswered. So circling back to episode number one, we had Rachel DeAlto from Married at First Sight, and she's going to jump on the phone and kind of help diagnose what uh, ghosting really stems from and, and, and kind of why it's around. So Rachel, are you there? I'm here. Hey, Rachel, good to hear from you again. How are you? I'm doing well. How have things been since the last time we spoke? Uh, all, all is well. All is well on the East Coast. How uh, are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks so much for, for taking the time to call in. Um, as, you're, as you know, we're talking a little bit more about ghosting today, and I, I think that you have some um, good information about it. So why do you think someone ghosts? Uh, it's just easier. I think people don't like to have confrontation and, you know, especially in a situation where you're not in a relationship and you kind of don't owe anyone that kind of super sit down, serious conversation. Um, it's just easier to kind of let it fade away. And so it's just, it's a non-confrontational way to let things go, whether it's the nicest thing, you know, that remains to be seen. So it's kind of a way to avoid conflict. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think most people that ghost are kind of like, well, I don't really like this person enough to continue, but I don't have enough of a relationship with them to say, let's sit down and I'm going to tell you why I don't want to date you anymore. Why do you think typically men are more often to ghost than women? Uh, you know, it's funny because I've seen a lot more women ghosting of recent. Uh, so, it's, you know, we're evening that out. But I think typically guys kind of are, are just very cut and dry, like, okay, this is over. I don't need closure. I'm just going to move on. And I don't even know that a lot of guys understand kind of, depending on the woman, kind of what they're left with, um, you know, that emotional empty, you know, empty answer of like, why did he leave? Um, so I just think guys are just, you know, they're like, oh, wait, that's over. That's, you know, it's a cut and dry approach. They're not really as interested in getting into the motions of things, whereas women are like, well, I want an answer. Like, I want to understand. Right. I think, too, I think with ghosting, if you were to ghost someone, it's a lot less binary than ending things just outright, right? Like, if you're to say, if yeah. you're kind of to go silent, um, it kind of leaves the the door open for a future relationship if both parties so wish to kind of get into that, right? So so if, if someone totally. ghosts you and then tries to come back, do you think you should ever give them another chance? Or do you think that's not something you should even consider? I mean, it totally depends on the situation. I think if, you know, a lot of times people ghost because they meet someone different or better or someone more interesting that they want to kind of pursue. And then if that falls apart, you know, there's always kind of the circle back. Uh, so listen, if it's not a big deal to you, then why not give them another chance? If you were in this kind of more intensely developing relationship and someone ghosted, I'd be like, wait a second, let's talk about, you know, do they respect you enough to actually consider your feelings this time around? So why are you giving them another shot? So I think it really depends on a case by case, but I've definitely seen people get ghosted. The person comes back three months later and then all of a sudden they're dating again. So it's a lot of times timing and it's just situational. So. Would, you, would you say once a ghoster, always a ghoster? <laughs> but I'm, I'm pretty sure you can recover from that. Okay, so it is something that you can work on and improve, and improve at. Yeah, but you know what the problem is? Is that a lot of times, and this is kind of like a PSA, is people end up ghosting because the conversation's ending situationships, which is not like a relationship. It's just right. you're dating. You end up kind of falling into something. 
they get uncomfortable because then they're like, well, I don't understand, you know, what's wrong with me? And it becomes like a conversation that this person didn't want to have. So it becomes easier to go. So we all have to make it easier for people to end a relationship peacefully um, to get rid of ghosting. And how do we do that? Well, I think if someone tells you, like, I don't think we're a match or I don't think that this is going to work out, you don't get defensive and kind of ask for more information. I get that from the women alive. You know, if they tell a guy, hey, listen, I just don't think you're right for me. The guy comes back and is like, well, why? And what's wrong with me? Or, you know, what, what's the problem? What's your problem? Um, and vice versa. So I think we just have to be okay with, like, not every lid is going to fit every pot. And it's okay to get, you know, kind of passed on so that you're opened up to someone who is your fit. I will say, as a bit of a retort for that, is if I were to be broken up with, I would definitely want to know why I was broken up with. I think that's... Well, I think it's okay for why, but it's... I, I've in not personally thank God, but in, in a lot of um, clients' experiences, friends' experiences, it's been almost angry. Like they get a, there's a little angry elf that comes out. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of the fear is like, oh, okay, this is just safer to not have that conversation. That's true. I, guess. I think if you're going to get, if you're going to break up, like you're going to have to break up without just ghosting. Um, you know, so I, I think it's, it's more so that people like you go on one date and, and the person's like, I know that this isn't my person and I'd rather not have a conversation around that because they could end up getting defensive and kind of like pissy. I think, I think that's one of the biggest appeals of ghosting. And again, I'm not condoning it by any <laughs> means, but when, when you break up with someone, if you are to break up with them and, and be, you know, obviously mature enough about it to, to tell them that you want to break up, there's so many un uncertain avenues that that could kind of progress, whether it's a conversation talking about why they're not the person for you, why you're not the person for them, what they did wrong, what you did wrong, et cetera, et cetera. If you were to ghost someone, the only real outcome of it is you're just not going to be talking to them anymore. So it's a lot more, it's a lot more predictable, I guess, than if you were to, to break up to the, with them um, normally, I guess. Exactly. Although sometimes with ghosting, you end up getting the people coming back saying, you know, where did you go? Why did you go? And then it becomes really awkward because you've left and now you're, you're explaining yourself like a month later. Um, so listen, if you've been dating someone for like a couple months, don't ghost them. But right. if it's like a date or two, it's really not that big of a deal. I don't think everybody owes, you know, we don't owe everyone a huge explanation of why this isn't working. Great point. But not again. I like, I like maturity and things like that too, but you know, I think we, we put so much pressure on it. So, like, if you went out for coffee with someone or grabbed a drink with someone and it's not feeling, you know, you're not feeling them, I don't think you have to say, hey, this isn't working. Great point. And I think it's definitely very circumstantial, uh, depending on the number of dates you've gone on or, you know, the, the amount of time you've been dating, quote unquote, that person. Um, so do you have any advice for maybe listeners that have been ghosted on not necessarily how to prevent being ghosted, but how to, to deal with the, uh, the other side of being ghosted? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, if you've been ghosted, try not to take it personally, which I know is probably the hardest thing because it's like, wait a second, this person disappeared on me. Clearly, you know, there's a problem. But um, a lot of times it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the person, their timing, um, their own situation, whether or not they haven't released an ex. You know, there's so many reasons. And I think a lot of times I get people that come to me and, and wonder why a guy disappeared. And it, it's kind of like it doesn't matter um, because it, it just it is what it is, you know, and, and spending time thinking about somebody that you dated for a couple dates or a couple weeks or whatever is not doing you any service. So go back on Bumble and Tinder and replace them. Yeah. Bumble, 
we we can use them because they're our podcast sponsors. So we'll definitely say, oh, okay. don't get on Perfect. Tinder. Definitely use Bumble. Bumble. It's a much much far superior app. <laughs> I was trying to think um, as you were wrapping up that point that I was trying to think of the last time that I might have been ghosted, but it's hard for me because I haven't really been in a relationship outside of a TV show for so long, <laughs> aside from my girlfriend before going on the show. So it's been. I'm sure I've been ghosted, but I was just trying to think of how I reacted to it and, and how I felt. I'm sure it didn't feel good. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel good, but it's, it's again, you know, that's where it's so important to realize that there's, you know, it's not about you and it's about them. And your person that's meant to be your person is not going to ghost you. Right. So there's, you know, it's, a, it's get back out there and find someone else that's actually going to treat you right and show up and, and, you know, could progress into a relationship. But, yeah, it doesn't feel good. I think, that's, I think that's a great point, too. I think that's the main takeaway um, the listeners should take from this is if you are to get ghosted, it's not because of you. It's because of the person that's ghosting you, their personal um, issues that they're having. So yeah. I think, I and think, you can't get in their head. So don't go to a psychic. It's, it's not going to help. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where they left. They're gone. So let's figure out what what we do next. What is your stance on psychics? Just out of curiosity, Rachel. <laughs> I think people have a lot of um, capabilities. I think there's a lot of people out there that are real, and I think there's a lot of people out there that are fake. Yeah. Um, but I also think they read on where you're at. So. You know, I know that that psychics make a lot of money off of love and dating because there's a lot of questions. It's but crazy. don't don't waste your money over there. Go back on Bumble. <laughs> there it is. Go back on Bumble. Um, all right, Rachel. <laughs> well, thank you, Bumble. thank you so much for taking the time to call back in. Um, I think honestly that was incredibly helpful to to whoever has either ghosted or been ghosted in the past. Um, and and yeah, well, I, well, thanks for having me. No, I mean it's 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 great that uh, you weren't so turned off the first time that you decided to come back. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish you the best of luck. Keep keep recording. Thanks, Rachel. I'll talk to you soon. Maybe we'll be able to circle right. back in a couple more weeks. Okay, sounds good. All right, take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Can I throw this in that I was once the victim of a triple ghost? Ooh. Triple ghost. Meaning three consecutive women ghosted me. Oh, the hat trick. Yeah. And they said it couldn't be done. Exactly right. <laughs> I had it done. First go was Darby. Okay. Went out to a Christmas party together. Went out a few times. Made out a little bit. Nothing too serious, but she went home for Christmas to Illinois. I'm from Wisconsin. This was in Wisconsin. When she came back, radio silence would not answer her phone under any circumstances. Months later, I found out that she had gotten back together with her boyfriend in Illinois, which I wish you could have just told me that because I'd have been okay with it instead of all the wondering, why isn't she calling me back? And at the end of the day, that wasn't your that wasn't because of you. Right. It was you were completely removed. Yeah. Okay. What about number two? Number two was named Anne. And was delightful. Worked at a coffee cart. Met at a baseball game. We dated for two months. Okay. Like spending nights together and spending weekends together in two months. All of a sudden, boom. Out of the blue. Stops returning my calls. And that was it. And to this day, I've never spoken to Anne again. No, wow. At least Darby and I had some closure to it. Anne simply was gone. I did leave her a message saying that I wanted to get some of my stuff back. And she left me a message saying I could bring it by the house or I could come by the house. She'd leave it on the front porch. And did she? Yeah. Okay. And that was that. You want to know what's funny about that? So mm. you're you're 20 years later and yeah. you're still in the ghosting process. I mean, obviously not that you're interested in getting back together with Anne by any means because you're a happily married man. Right. But you still... The closure never came around. Exactly. Yeah. And some of the stuff she left me was gifts I'd given to her, which hurt my feelings. <laughs> and I left those there because those were gifts. Number three was Christina. Christina was a swimsuit model. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Met through a radio station. Love it. She was delightful. Dated like for a month. 
Very nice. One night we got into a little bit of an argument. She left, and I, to this day, have never heard from her again. Okay, so to that note, then kudos to Darby for allowing the closure that well, we also, you know, generally want. At some point, she had to start answering her phone again. <laughs> Two months later, she did, and that's when she told me. So, were these the three relationships you had before? Yes. Number four after that is twenty years going. Has a ring on the finger now. Yes, exactly. So maybe that's what it takes. Maybe it takes the the uh, vaunted hat trick of ghosting until you find your forever person. That's right. I think that may be true. <laughs> and Darby, the first one, one more closure on Darby. When I talked to her, she explained everything. And she's, and I said, you know what? You want to get coffee? Because she wasn't even with this guy anymore. Yeah. She said, sure, I'd love to get coffee. Let's go to this place, Tuesday, 6 o'clock. Okay, great. So I show up there. She never showed no. up. And I've never spoken to her no again. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Just a, that just sounds like but a it, bad it made me wonder, what is it about me that it's so hard to say this isn't working? Mark, there's nothing wrong with you. You're I perfect. think there's got to be something <laughs> that they can't just say to me, it's not working. That's fine. Which is fine. I think, I think I could have handled it. You're not going to bat a thousand. You're not going to be great right. with everyone. Right. Um, I think it's important to Rachel's point to 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 be a man or a woman about it and, and confront the person and tell them exactly why and, and what's going on. Um and again, for the listeners who who are wondering who that man on the mic is, that, that's Mark, the producer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he uh, happily married, but I guess we're all victims of ghosting at some point in our if lives. If it happens now, it's really going to be a problem. That would be That would be after be 20 something. years and two kids. Yeah. <laughs> You're 60 years old. <laughs> I was married to, for 20 years. <laughs> all right. So as Rachel was mentioning, if you get ghosted, maybe one of the best ways to rebound through that is to jump on a dating app and what better dating app to jump on than bumble i'm sure you've heard of it it is probably the best app out there bumble like many apps is is used to meet other people but unlike every other app it allows you to match with uh, people if you're looking to be in a, a romantic relationship it allows you to match with with friendships uh, business colleagues networking all that kind of stuff all encompassed into one app. The great thing about it too is if you're a female and you're on this app, no conversations are able to get started until after you reach out and send the initial message to someone that you're interested in. So none of that persistent nagging that um, you know you might receive from guys from other apps. And on the flip side, if you're a guy, it's nice to know that if a girl reaches out to you first, then she's genuinely interested in having a conversation and maybe seeing if there's a, a mutual interest in order for you guys to get together. So I'm not sure how that works on the friends app, but um, there's three different apps within this app of Bumble, the, the app for dating app for best friends and app for professional networking, which are all great. Um, you can meet cool, educated, empowered people, uh, and, and like-minded individuals, depending on, on kind of what you're looking for. So if you go to bumble.com slash Dean, download the app, you can find love, find new friends, find business connections. So go to bumble.com slash Dean and start bumbling. You never know. I can't promise you won't get ghosted, but I can definitely promise you'll meet some fun and interesting new people. Uh, so joining us now is one of actually only two couples to make it out of Bachelor in Paradise. Two of my good friends. We have Adam and Raven on the line. How are you guys? Hello. What's going on? <laughs> We're here. I know. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to uh, jump on my podcast today. Of course. You're welcome. Um, Raven, I, like I, I think I saw you taking your dog to the vet. I hope he's okay. Yeah, I don't know if you can hear him, but he has the loudest pant in the world, and so he's, like, right beside me panting. I thought that was Adam, but okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys, so so today's topic is uh, long-distance relationships, and since, Adam, you live in Dallas, Raven, you live in Arkansas, I figured no better than, you know, to kind of 
test you guys, or I'm sorry, ask you guys, you know, what really makes you guys work? Um, what advice you might have for anyone that's listening that's in a long distance relationship or considering getting into one? Um, you know, obviously, if anyone follows, follows you two on social media, it seems like you two hang out a lot. But what kind of um, what do you guys do to make your relationship work so well? Ray, you want to take it? <laughs> I mean, well, I think Instagram highlights when we're together. But throughout the week, we're so busy. Um, everyone knows that I own a store and Adam is in real estate. So when we're not together, we're really focused on our businesses. So when we're apart, it just makes it, when we see each other, it's like almost a honeymoon phase, you know? So I guess like the best advice I would give is just communication and probably just to be super honest about your expectations with each other. Like I told Adam, we can't go more than two weeks without seeing each other because I just think like that's too long of a time. Mm-hmm. And so I guess just having boundaries and I don't know. Communication is key. Raven, what's your threat, though, if we don't see each other for more than two weeks? <laughs> oh, I tell him all the time. I'm like, if we don't see each other for two weeks, we're breaking up. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so far, She's so crazy. good, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she has to hold the bar. But she has to hold it up just as much as I do. <laughs> all right, Adam, what, what do you think about it? Um, I really see it as more – I mean, some people – I personally like to see it as an opportunity because if you want to live together, you first probably need to learn how to live apart. And I feel like, um, you know, it's funny because I don't really consider this long distance, even though I'm only probably an hour flight from her. Um, And, I mean, if we were to drive, I think it takes like four and a half or five hours. So I really consider anything over three hours, no matter what type of travel, air or ground, like that's considered long distance. So... Um, I think that Raven kind of hit the nail on the head with um, just communicating with one another and set expectations because at some point um, we've had talks about, you know, moving in together and and where the relationship's going to kind of turn from there. And, you know, eventually you do want to settle down and and do things. And uh, I think that our weekends that we do spend with each other are, are, are exciting. We do things together and, um, that we're just we're continuing every time we see each other. It's just the ball's moving forward a little bit at a time as far as like progressing a relationship. So every time you guys see each other, it's a step in the right direction, is what it sounds like. Yeah, I think like our end goal is not to always be long distance, and I think that's key when you're in a long distance relationship. It's not going to be forever, and if it is, then maybe you shouldn't be in a long distance relationship. You know? That makes sense. And so, I think and and Raven, to your point that you made earlier, I think that you said. Um, with your business, uh, Shop Gray Suede, shameless plug, you're, you're so busy. And, and Adam, with his real estate business, he's incredibly busy as well. So even if you two were living in the same city as each other or, or living with each other in the same home, most of the time that you're spending together will be on the weekends. And it sounds like you're, you're devoting a lot of time to each other on those weekends, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's really key right now. I'm in the process of doing a lot of things with my business and starting another business. And so like this coming week will be our first week that we won't see each other. And it's just Adam, Adam, no, Adam's better at this than me. Like, I'm like, Oh, I can handle it. We can see each other this weekend. And Adam's like, no, we have other priorities that, you know, need our attention and you need to, you know, handle this side of your business and then we can see each other. So it's all about priorities too. And just, you know, you have to, like Adam was saying, we have to learn to live apart before we live together. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're just kind of figuring out. 
I feel like trust is a big part of it too. It sounds like you two have a pretty much blind trust within each other, and that's incredibly important. It sounds like. Oh yeah, Adam knows if he ever cheats on me, I'll cut him. <laughs> well, not, not just Dean also knows if he ever cheats on me, he'll get cut too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not just not just cheating and all that kind of stuff, but trust in that you'll see each other as often as you promised, and all all that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, totally. So you mentioned it earlier. Do you guys ever see yourself moving in together? I know it's still you know early on, and you guys both still have your respective businesses. But do you see that as a, a possible future? Yeah, um, I mean, I, Adam, it, I'll let it, you answer. It, it, yeah, it, it's a, I mean, it's an end goal. I think that's that's something that we want to explore. I mean, also, I mean, to my benefit. Um, you know, Raven wants to get out of Arkansas and eventually expand her business into a bigger city that's that's maybe a little more, I'm not going to call it business friendly, but Texas, it really is for small businesses that are looking to start. So um, I think that's something that we that we want to eventually, you know, you want to build up to and you get to and, you, you know, you, you want to settle down with somebody. That's kind of what you do. Um, but I know Raven always told me, she goes, no, you're not going to come here to Arkansas. It's, just, it's not for you. <laughs> um, so I think it's his bet. And then wherever life takes us from here, you know, we'll just kind of ride the wave. And we may be next door neighbors one day, Dean. You never know. I was going to say, maybe Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, maybe at some point. <laughs> That'll be the day. All right. So so let's say you said you have about a 14-day threshold about that. That's how often you want to see each other at the bare minimum, right? So say you're 11, 12, 13 days into that. How do you guys keep it exciting for each other? How do you kind of keep it interesting? Um, Adam, I'm, and I'm just talking about sexting, you guys, just to be clear. Oh, <laughs> I tease with Adam a lot to send me some nudies, but he never does. So I do the same thing. I don't think he's ever sent me one. I've asked him so many times. <laughs> yeah, we don't, think... we don't sex. No? No, well, I mean, that's what Snapchat's for. But then we also, I mean, look, I mean, Dean, uh, as obviously there's, there's tension that starts to evolve over these, let's call it 14-day grace period you yep. like to call and um i don't know it's something that we've always played around with raven at first was very very timid and shy like it's the very conservative southern woman in her and i have to kind of like break her out of it but i don't think we have as much of a problem as we used to in the beginning and um i mean it's <laughs> she i know she's smiling ear to ear on the other end of the phone <laughs> right now <laughs> oh, thank you so much oh god wait Dean, i was listening to a podcast of yours earlier and you said that you're not into sex thing like that's just something you wouldn't do no it's just the very reserved side of me I, it's just not i don't know maybe, maybe you're just shy like me and you need adam to walk you through it get yourself an adam i need to find myself an adam <laughs> yeah Dean, should we do a podcast on sexting 101 um i think that would have to be more of like a video uh blog or something like that right oh my no, god Dean, i'm very good verbally though. <laughs> as long as people can close their eyes let me allow me to use my words and i promise you i'll take you to places you've never been oh wow oh, man. <laughs> raven, raven step aside i'm sorry but i gotta step in with this one. Oh my god. i guess that's that's a good point there's probably a distinct difference between sexting and like phone sex and i can tell already that adam is just a, a veteran well not maybe not a veteran but a, a 10 out of 10 when it comes to being on the phone I mean, like I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, all right. Well, so, again, I know how Raven at the top of this uh, phone call kind of mentioned how Instagram kind of romanticizes relationships a little bit. Like, yeah. you know, it seems like you guys are always hanging out, but unfortunately, that's not quite the case. So what type of advice would you have for someone? Um, I know you said communication is huge, but say, you know, someone lives in New York, another person lives in, in Washington State. What kind of advice would you have for them for um, you know, kind of nurturing that relationship and making sure that if it is something that they want, how how to make sure it works? Um, well, I think you have to take care of yourself first. So it's really important for me to, you know, be home and 
really work on my business. I mean, have money in the bank account and not be flying everywhere without any money. <laughs> you know, something I'm, I'm working towards or my end goal. Um, but I think you have to work on yourself. So then when you you are with that other person, then you kind of have no worries and no stress because it would be awful for me and Adam to go all week. And then I see Adam, I don't know, like this week we're taking a week off. So it'd be like almost two weeks when I see him again and me just bombard him with financial troubles or things going on at work. So I just, you know, I think it's really important to take care of yourself and make sure you're okay and that way, when you do spend time with them, you know, that time is precious and it's not bogged down by negativity or worries that you have mm-hmm. and that you're really just taking care of yourself and in return, taking care of your relationship. So do you guys have, do you guys have like arguments ever? Cause it is a little bit different to have an argument with someone when you don't see them quite as often. Um, I've been aggravated at Adam twice so far. That he... Okay. What was the second time? Um, the second time is when, well, is the first time referring to you losing my debit card. Oh my God. (laughs) Wait, what's that story? Yeah. So the first time was he lost my debit card. It was in his shoe, by the way, the whole time, like after searching for it for an hour, it was in his shoe. That was annoying. And then Adam thinks um, that everything is solved by drinking water. (laughs) <laughs> and that just gets on my nerves so bad. Like every time I'm like have a headache or whatever, he'll tell me to drink water. <laughs> and so those things annoy me. Wait, so these are your two biggest arguments that you've had so far? Yeah. And um, <laughs> I think one other time we had an argument that I thought someone was taking advantage of Adam. I won't say the situation, but I felt like someone was taking advantage of Adam and he was not really doing anything about it. Uh-oh. And that aggravated me. But other than that, I mean, I feel like me and Adam have pretty good core values. I'm sure, like, when we live together, we're going to, like, want to twist each other's heads off. But we haven't gotten there yet. I love I love you say when we're going to live together. Like, it's already kind of in the stars, which is great. I love oh, that. yeah, for sure. I'm uh- trying to trap him, Dean. <laughs> oh, my. He was calling you his fiance <laughs> at the end of Paradise, I remember. So, I mean, more power to you. But Yeah, exactly. Um, Adam, I know you met her parents at the finale. Raven, have you met Adam's parents yet? Yes, I have. I actually kind of did a little shopping with his mom this past weekend. Oh, you guys are besties. <laughs> yeah, we're there. That's amazing. I love that. Um, all right, guys. Well, Raven, what's your new business venture that you were talking about earlier, just uh, out of curiosity? Oh, my new business venture is um, I am creating another store, and this is for uh, children. So it'll be sizes newborn to 5T, and I'm working really hard on it, and hopefully it'll be up and running in the next week. That's amazing. Congratulations. Good luck. Um, Thank you. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your guys' time, so thank you so much for calling in and and taking the time. Um, You know, Obviously, everyone seems to be obsessed with you two as a couple. I don't see why they wouldn't be because you guys are obviously perfect. Um, uh, you're sweet, Danny. <laughs> but uh, I look forward to see what the future holds between the two of you, and I will be sure to talk to both of you soon. Okay. Good luck, yeah. Dean. I hope you don't suck at dating after talking to us. <laughs> you know, I can I can confidently say that I suck a little bit less after hearing you two talk about uh, what t- what it takes to have a successful long term relationship or long distance relationship. Hey, I have all the faith in you. Thanks, Ravy. All right, Dean. Let's hang out next time I'm in town. All right. See you later, Ag. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. An incredibly sweet and romantic gesture that anyone in a relationship can do for their significant other is to 
cook meals for them. You know, whether it's uh, say your girlfriend's out a uh, long day at work, um, you know, long business trip, whatever it is, comes back. If she has dinner waiting for her when she gets home or vice versa, if he has dinner waiting for him when he gets home, credible gesture and an incredibly easy way to do that is to go through HelloFresh. So what HelloFresh is, is a subscription-based meal delivery kit that makes cooking fun, easy, so you can focus on the whole experience and not just the final plate. And, and what's great about them, too, is they send you just the, the perfect amount of ingredients so there's little to no waste. And I personally am a, a big advocate of, of minimalism, so the fact that there's not much excess you know, packing material, food, all that kind of stuff, I think it's great. It's a, it's a great uh, mission, especially in today's world. Um, what they do is they create amazing recipes, send you all the freshest ingredients with step-by-step -step in ingredients and directions, and it's only going to take you about 30 or so minutes, even if you never cook. I personally am not much of a cook. Um, I think I mentioned this in the past. I, I basically eat out for every single meal. I'm not very happy about it. I've been working on it, and what HelloFresh has been able uh, allowed me to be able to do is be able to cook for myself a lot more, uh, cook for my roommates a lot more. Uh, most of the meals are incredibly creative. They're delicious. They're nutritionally balanced, the perfect portion and sent directly to your door. So if you go to HelloFresh.com and use promo code UNGLERT30, you get $30 off your very first week of HelloFresh deliveries. So again, that's UNGLERT30. My last name is weird, so I'm going to spell it for you. It's U-N-G-L-E-R-T-3-0 at HelloFresh.com, and you'll get $30 off your very first week. I'm Dean Unglert, and I have two very special guests in the studio today. Heather, how are you? We have um, Heather and Timmy, who are crystal... Chris energy Muse. Energy That's, Muse yeah. readers? Well, we have a, a crystal company. Okay. And so um, we have a book out on the market called Crystal Muse, but um, we've been best friends since the single digits, and we are, um, are from Manhattan Beach. Okay. But we have a crystal company. We've been here for about 17 years, and... Um, here in Los Angeles. Here in Los Angeles. And we sell crystals all over the world. And um, what we try to do is help people utilize the energy of the earth to help them have a breakthrough and shift through stuff they have, have going on in their okay. life. Yeah. So does this coincide with like chakras or that kind of stuff? You know, it does kind of. Okay. It does kind of. So a lot of people, a lot of celebrities, we deal with a lot of athletes, professional athletes. Okay. We have dealt with um, one of our first clients, our first person that wore our jewelry, I will say, was Ryan Seacrest. Nice. Woo! We're in Ryan Seacrest um, studio right yeah. now. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> the energy's strong. Uh, way, way back then when we very first started. But um, the thing that's cool about uh, crystal stone readings is, is that people and athletes and whatnot who want to always be on the leading edge, they might not have 20 years to go through therapy. So mm -hmm. they will come in for a stone reading. And what it does is it helps you get to the core of maybe some issues in a really quick amount of time. So so you say you work with athletes. Is it uh, physical issues, psychological issues? What types of issues do they help get Usually through? with athletes, um, it's always a mental issue okay. because um, the mind controls the body. Right. And so um, I'll be honest with you. A lot of the professional athletes, not all of them, but um, quite a few of them, we were their last stop. It wasn't like they stopped off at Energy Muse and had a crystal reading. You know, that was right. kind of like, hey, I'm about to lose my career. Things are going really sideline. And someone said, you might want to go and get a stone reading. And it was the last result. But at the end of the day, um, we have had some major 
major results with people and that's why we're still here 17 years later so again in the case of an athlete it's therapeutic in the sense that their careers are winding down and they're trying to i guess realign what they want to do with themselves how does that oh no so for example um hypothetical but not hypothetical i won't say names so say somebody is a professional ball player and they were at the height of their career and then something happened in their personal life and their career took a major turn because they couldn't turn off their personal life from their career And then you have someone who is at the height of their career and they're about to lose it because they're not performing. And so they have to get their mental state back on track. And so what did that mean? They had to deal with some of the emotional blockages that were inhibiting their mental state to be on track. Okay, I see. Yeah. So I keep thinking of like a field goal kicker or something that's missed like seven field goals in a row and they need to like refocus and yes. kind of like realign. Yes, yes, stuff. yes. So some there's a lot of different ways to do it. More people are working with this modality because it's a kind of a fast track. Um, Tony Robbins, I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. of him. He's a, of okay. So he's worn our jewelry for the last 16 years. Oh, wow, nice. And so um, we are, you know, his official jewelry company. If you go to Tony Robbins, um, seminar you're going to see energy muse jewelry there so we learned through him is that everything comes down to a formula Uh and if we know how to change our state or have a breakthrough and work on our stuff because we all have it right then we can make rapid change in our life so how does this all work because i'm new to this i don't i have a plethora of stones in front of me how do you go about i guess helping okay so the thing that's cool about a stone reading is is that i am not a psychic although in my intuitive absolutely you're probably you're intuitive we're all intuitive the thing about this is that i know how to work with this energy of the earth and using it as a tool to help you have a breakthrough or help you learn a little bit more about yourself on a deeper level so the all you have to do is pick the stones that you're most attracted to, there's no right or wrong answer. And it can be based on color or shape or size. So just taking a look at these crystals and the stones in front of you, what are the ones um, that kind of are calling you? And for the listeners, I have about 20 stones in front of me right now. How many do I pick? You, there's no right or wrong. It's It really just depends. Pick. I really like these two, I think. Okay. And this quartz. Those are great. And this quartz is pretty good, too. Okay. So, um, so basically you picked, um, you picked three stones and one of them is a, uh, okay, now you pick four. I like <laughs> it. Okay. So you pick four now. Okay. So four is about wanting to have more stability in your life. Okay. So there's certain times in our life where, you know, Hey, we want to just be free and fancy and, you know, have a good time. And then there's other times where we kind of want to settle down or just at least have some more foundation where everything isn't in such a chaotic state. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right now for you, because you picked it at the end, you're looking to have more foundation, having a bit more structure in your life that feels comfortable right now versus maybe last year you could have cared less about it. You know what I mean? You want to have fun or whatever. So the thing I love about the stones that you picked is, is that you pick this black rainbow obsidian and rainbow obsidian is when you want to heal maybe some deeper grief in your heart. Mm-hmm. You want it go where you want to be a bit more honest with yourself where you're like, you know what? There's some, there's some stuff that I got to look at at myself, although it's easy, obviously, to blame others and always look at everybody else in our life. But when we really take ownership and say, hey, what can I heal about myself or what can I do? What can I take a look at with me? Then that's how we really shift and that's how relationships in our lives shift, right? So the thing I love about Rainbow Obsidian, it's kind of like where you want to take a look of any grief and sorrow, but then you're also willing to kind of infuse yourself back with the energy of the rainbow. Like it's not all dark and dreary. You know, (laughs) it's like you're not like going down that rabbit hole. 
The thing I like about this, um, you pick this stone and it's a really, you're very, probably very intuitive. I mean, do you I think, think so. okay. I mean, and I don't mean like, you know, you're outside and you're like, Hey man, I totally know what you're thinking. And, you know, <laughs> getting readings on the side of the road, being that intuitive that you probably know what's right for you or what's good for you. But what maybe you're picking this is that you need to trust yourself more. You okay. know, when you have that gut instinct about something and you're like, uh, and you don't trust it and then, and then everything goes wrong. Yeah. Okay. So kind of like, so you're that. saying I should tr- trust my gut more. Yeah. Okay. Because usually when you have, I don't, I mean, I don't know you from Adam, but I'm sure in the past when you have, you probably, it worked out better for you yeah. than when you didn't trust yourself. Okay. Interesting. So, that's I'm, helpful. I'm just and, and for the listeners, you. I forgot to preface that Heather does not watch The Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise. So she I'm has sorry. no. I have. I have in the past. I just well, okay, haven't. Well, okay, I'm sorry, like, just oh, not my season. Okay, so okay. there was no. There was no. And I'm really sad because he's adorable and that <laughs> is a really bad day for me. But, but I'm having a really good day right now. No, no, no. But I think it's a positive okay. because it allows for a, a much more unbiased, I guess, reading. Which is okay. Great. Okay. So once again, um, you picked um, this angel or a quartz. And so. Basically, you want to have a lot more clarity in your life, but it also is kind of like, I don't know, I feel like you need to have more fun. And I don't mean like fun partying on like the Richter, you know, like, woo, you know, being the loud. I mean more fun, like maybe things that you did as a kid that maybe brought you joy. You know, I don't know whether it was going out and playing basketball with a couple of your really good guy friends. You know, some of those simple pleasures that really... We're like, you, you were laughing hard and you were having fun. You were playing. Does that mm-hmm. make sense no, at absolutely. all? Where for you right now, if things get way too serious and intense, it's kind of like you lose your magic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, so, I like. To, I think that, uh, that's an interesting point. I like to kind of keep that childish uh, yeah. sparkle that, I, and, that everyone t- tends to lose eventually. Okay, and, and I'm getting chills. I feel for you, that's kind of your inner magic when mm-hmm. you are playful, but not playful where you're Playful when you're working at it, okay. playful when it's authentic. So what would that be for you? In terms of like, so if I were to go back as a child and like what made me just like Just like happy? what makes you happy when you're having fun, like really fun, not, you know what I mean? When yeah. you're just having fun, what um, is it? That's, that's interesting that you asked that. I think that as a child, I was outside and like, like, I don't know, well, as children, we experienced a lot more things for the first time, like a yeah. lot more new things, all that kind of stuff. And okay. I feel like I've kind of strayed away from that and gotten comfortable Okay. Um, I grew up in the mountains. I like now live in the city, so I'm less, I guess, uh, at one with nature and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, and I have been thinking about that lately, about how I wish I was able to kind of get out and be as like explorative as I was as a child, okay. because I've kind of lost that a little bit. Okay. So what happens with us humans is is that when we lose our magic, our when we lose the thing that helps us refuel, like, and I seriously believe this. I have met landlocked mermaids. Like I've met people that are these fit. Like Laird Hamilton to me is a human fish. You know what I mean? If he's not in the water, if he's out of the water probably for three or four days, he feels probably not like himself. So he gets in the ocean. So for you, when you're starting to feel off kilter or getting sad or depressed. You got to go take a hike or you got to go out and refuel yourself. Yeah. That's your medicine. Okay. okay. So our medicine can be simple things. So find your medicine because that's what's going to make you happy. Okay. And that's what's going to make you sparkle. And that's what's going to make you more people see the real you. Because you're going to be the real you. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes okay. sense. And then you did pick the love stone. Oh, good. Did you know this? No, Come, I, on I, I Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. It just stuck out to me a little bam, bit. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> 
So, all right. So you pick rose quartz, and this was the last one. So you, this was like you're like, hey, three. They're a little bit dark. Yep. You got the dark. You got the pink, purple. You got that. So you really do want to have love, but right now for you, because you're wanting the stability, I kind of feel like you got to love yourself. Mm-hmm. No, I've and heard it, that. I've heard that quite. But a bit, that's so. like it sounds like a really simple thing, but I don't know in our culture, especially here in Los Angeles, where we are really who's teaching us how to love ourselves and what i I guess going back to you for you is loving yourself for you right now is getting out in nature having fun being around people that make you feel good Mm -hmm. laughing you know what i mean those things that think doing more things that make you feel like you've you're rooted and more foundational okay at least right now and you're gonna feel your heart open and then your relationships will change. There you go. There it is. Absolutely. Okay. So, and, and again, bam. the book, Crystal Muse, um, Everyday Rituals to Tune In to the Real You. Yes. I'll give it a shot. I think Thank I'm gonna have you. To, I'm going to have to listen to the podcast back uh. so I can remember <laughs> exactly what I have to think about and work oh on. Oh, my God. Well, you're awesome. <laughs> Thank you for being so vulnerable and oh open. Gosh. You're the best. Thank you so Thank much you. for coming Thank in. you. Yeah, of course. So we got some great listener emails sent to isuckatdating at iheartmedia.com. We have Mark the... Patrick Ghoster, Ghosty, I guess. Ghosty. He's going to lob some over. We're going to discuss and and see, you know, what some of the listeners are dealing with. Stephanie's got some tough love for you. Okay. Here we go. Dean, I have listened to your six podcasts so far. I keep waiting for you to get it, and you're not getting it. I'm taking this into my own hands. I think you need some advice from a girl who does date a guy like you. Number one. I think you're attracted to strong, independent women like Christina and Rachel, but you don't want to fall head over heels for them in fear of them walking away, which makes you hold back from showing them how much you truly do care about them. Take them one at a time. What do you think of that, Dean? Well, first of all, all, Stephanie, thank you for listening to my first six podcasts. (laughs) Um, I think that I am definitely attracted to stronger women. Uh, Rachel, Christina, both definitely fit that narrative. Um, and I think that we kind of tackled that in episode four or five, that I do definitely have a fear of, of loving and not being loved back or having someone, uh, leave my life kind of unexpectedly. And I think to the credit of a lot of people that have been on this podcast so far, I have a lot of personal growth to do before I can kind of maybe work through that uncomfortability. I think I need to be more comfortable with myself, be more confident within myself, um, and, you know, I, I obviously hope that's not like a recurring issue in my life, but well, it, it's basically personal growth at this point, I think. Okay. Number two. Yes. I think you're a people pleaser. You need to make everyone else happy and make sure they are having a good time or feeling happy before your own feelings. We want to see you be a little selfish and take care of your own emotions first. To that point, I definitely am a people pleaser. I have been my entire life. I hate seeing the people around me not necessarily happy or as happy as they can be and I like to kind of be the catalyst to allow them to do that and I have been kind of straying away from that a little bit lately I do know that there are certain things that I need to do need to do to make myself happy and sometimes you need to put other people on by the wayside in order to do that as much as I don't like that idea I think that you're right so Stephanie you're two for two here so great job um but on the flip side of that I think it should be everyone's mission to make the people around them happier better um smarter whatever it is and i I guess there are just it's it all kinds it kind of comes down to a certain time and place for that fair Uh, enough sure number three i think you are stubborn when you have decided that you don't agree with someone on a certain topic no matter what the other person says you're going to disagree stephanie are you like secretly my best friend (laughs) have we known each other for 25 years 
Um, yeah, I'm incredibly stubborn, but that's not for lack of being open to new ideas or anything like that. I just, I think that there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of guidance with lack of information these days. People are so quick to tell you what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong with no real uh, analytics or, or information to back it up. And so I wouldn't say I, I am strong headed in that sense. I think that I'm just very inherently skeptical and I want to be proven wrong um, through ways of, of logic and reasoning rather than just ideas, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be persuaded. You want logic behind it. You I like evidence. I, I like objectivity. I like evidence. I like analytics, all that kind of stuff. Number four, I think it's hard for you to take advice. If you listen back on your podcasts, I don't know if you even realize you do it. You flip almost every single question someone asks you back onto the person that asked you. All of a sudden, the person that asked the question is talking about themselves, and you did this, like, magical Dean thing you do, and boom, you've avoided answering the question, along with avoided any possible growth that could have come with that question. Stephanie, <laughs> I'm not bad at taking advice, okay? That's horrible advice. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I think that's something I've done a lot in my life. Uh, I grew up—well, I didn't grow up, I guess. After graduating high school, I worked in the hospitality industry for four and a half years. And a lot of those conversations are better to be had if you're letting the other person talk the entire time. Um, because when someone is talking about themselves, they feel like they kind of grow a closer connection to you. So I guess I've kind of conditioned myself to maybe speak and have conversations that are a little bit more reflective of that. And it's hard. Hmm. It's hard, especially when, you, when you're on a podcast like this. If someone says something that you maybe disagree with, but you still want to be respectful of what that person is promoting or what they're what their ideas are. Um, I don't want to to kind of outwardly say, no, that's wrong, or no, I don't believe that, et cetera, et cetera. So I like to have them kind of explain a little bit more, maybe help me see a side of it that I didn't see initially. Um, but I, I I am very good, I guess, at kicking it back to other people and kind of avoiding the question. So Stephanie, I'll work on that one for you, I promise. That's all she has for you. That's the end of the email from Stephanie. That was a long one. Yeah, she had a lot of thoughts for you. Can we take a break for a second? <laughs> Stephanie, I, okay, Stephanie, will you email me again after you're listening to the next six episodes? Maybe give me, a, a, I think that was like four or five points, right? Mm -hmm. If we can go back through those four or five points uh, and, and kind of let me know maybe if I'm doing anything better or worse, I would love to, to continuously try to gain your approval. Well, this is a sad one from Laura. Okay. My mom passed away five years ago, also because of cancer, and my dad is a very eccentric personality who doesn't seem to understand what I need from him now that my mother is gone. His behavior often makes me feel unloved and misunderstood, but I think I have to learn to accept him for who he is and accept that he doesn't show love in the same way other people do. I'm wondering if you have any advice for accepting my father for who he is and letting everything else go. We recently had a confrontation where I told him basically everything that I felt hurt by. I feel like it's on me now to cut ties with him forever or just let it all go. I would really prefer to just let it all go. I would love to hear how you dealt with the loss of your mother, what got you through it, and how your grief has changed years later. This is Laura in Toronto. Well, Laura, I think that I'm probably not the best person to be taking advice from for this, just because, you know, as you saw on the show, I don't necessarily have the best relationship with my father. Um, while, like you, I do wish I had one, I just think that there are very fundamental differences that him and I are kind of going to be unable to work through. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, fast forward 20, 30 years, maybe your father's not around. You obviously wish that you had the time and spent it with him and, you know, loved fully with, with, within each other. But, um, in regards to how I dealt with my mother passing away, I think that I had a very strong foundation of friendship around me. And although my, my siblings weren't there, my father wasn't necessarily there for me. 
I had a, a solid group of probably 10 or 15 friends. I had a, a girlfriend at the time who I was able to confide in, and they were all very supportive of me, um, you know, as much as at least a high schooler can be at the time, because you're just basically still learning a lot about yourself. And, and we learned a lot about each other through that process. So I, I grew very close friendships throughout that time. Okay, well, I guess while we're on the topic of of my father and your father and um, grief and, and kind of how we handle all that stuff. So I did text my father a couple weeks ago after I had Eric Bigger in studio. Um, I had mentioned how this is the first year, I guess, to start from the very beginning, before my mother passed away, because we all knew it was kind of coming, um, or at least she did. She had mentioned how she wanted her ashes scattered in Hawaii, but um, my family kind of being the from the humble beginnings that we were didn't necessarily have the the necessary funds to get all of us out there and we're not going to do it by ourselves. it would kind of have to be a joint family effort um so this year i'm flying myself my two brothers my sister out to hawaii um i think we're going to the big island at least i'm not certain yet but we're, we're figuring that out we're going on christmas because christmas day is her birthday um my siblings have encouraged me not to invite my father but we all understand the significance of this trip and why he should be there. And so I texted him. And again, my father and I don't really have much of an open line of communication. I said, hey, hey, dad, I'm going to Hawaii for Christmas to scatter mom's ashes. Do you want to go? And I'm reading this verbatim through my phone. He said, what island dates? Who else is going? I said, Brad, Ross, and Sky. We're going to Big Island. We're going over Christmas. And then he said, not going to Big Island. And then I said, question mark. And that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> so... At this point, I feel like I've done my due diligence of extending an offer. He knows where I'm going to be with my siblings on mom's birthday this year and the purpose of the trip. And I don't think I'm going to push it anymore with him. Again, I don't. I, I think he has every right to be there. I think that he would enjoy being there, maybe for the closure for his sake. I think that as his son and as his children, we appreciate him want. Uh, we we appreciate him being there as well, even though we might not want to spend the time with him. So, Laura, to your point, it's hard to have a relationship with your father, especially when you disagree with him and a lot of the things that he does, and especially when he's not necessarily showing you the compassion and the love that a father should show you. Um, but if you have it within you, I think a lot of it can kind of come back down to if you want ba uh, badly enough to have a relationship with him, then you should extend that uh, olive branch and, and try and, I guess, mend the, the issues that you two have together. Um, at this point in my life, you know, I've spent 10, 11 years basically removed from, I guess, spending time with my father, both emotionally, physically, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it's an old chapter that I don't necessarily plan on revisiting again if things change drastically. Uh, like if I could get an apology from him, I still have yet to hear that. Um, it just seems like there's a, a mutual disinterest in, in having a relationship with him. So I don't know. It's not ideal. It's not great, but it really just depends on what you value and if you're comfortable enough with, you know, who you are and where you are and what he's doing and all that kind of stuff. It really, I can't really think there's like an overarching umbrella opinion about that. It just has to come down to who you are and what you want. Right. Mm. Yeah. That's a good answer, Dean. <laughs> it's kind of a good non-answer. Yeah. Think. As to Stephanie's chagrin, I'm giving many non-answers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, I'd like to give one more big thank you to all of my guests for this episode. Uh, Adam, AG for my season, Raven Gates, of course, the the fantastic uh, multiple business owner now. Um, of course, Rachel DeAlto for Married at First Sight. Heather Askinozzi, author of Crystal Muse, Everyday Rituals to Tune Into the Real You. Um, she left me a book, so I'm definitely going to be able to read that a little bit. Okay, so 
again, if you have any type of feedback, any questions, any interesting stories that you think you would want to share with us about kind of just the suckiness of today's dating landscape, please be sure to email us at I suck at dating at iheartmedia.com. We'll do our best to answer them. Um, if you have any questions for me specifically, tweet at me. I don't know. I can try and get back to you. But let's uh, circle back around next week. This has been Help, I Suck at Dating. My name is Dean Unglert, and maybe next week I'll suck a little bit less. Follow Help, I Suck at Dating with Dean Unglert on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 